Hey, it's Brian Hayes. It used to stress me out when things would break in my house. Not anymore, though, and I'm sure you can guess why. Jiffy. The other day, my dryer stopped working. Out of the blue, zero heat. But I didn't panic. I just hopped on the Jiffy app. John came that afternoon, and all my wet laundry was dry in no time. Jiffy saved the day once again. Download the Jiffy app or sign up at JiffyOnDemand.com with the code SPORTS for $25 off your first job. Jiffy, fast and reliable, home maintenance. The return of maybe the greatest segment in the history of this show. I can't wait. We're going to do it for a full hour, I think. I don't, I don't see why not. Full I hour. am fully on board for three <laughs> hours of life or death row. Guys, I want to ask you. I just heard Nathan Downer in the update. What the hell are these people going to do that thought they won ten grand with Tim Hortons and now they didn't? Sorry, you don't get the money. Like, what are you going to do? Get a lawyer to say that I've been duped or whatever? Well, didn't so, work out. You're not going to yeah. like. I, I don't know what sec. it is. It's a crappy hold, break. Hold on a sec. Did they? Oh, let me. Did oh, they you roll want, up you the think rim? they're entitled to something did, for being kind of screwed over? Did they roll up the rim and see that it says winner Ganyon ten thousand dollars? Is that what happened? Frank, I don't want to get into a Johnny Cochran type situation here with you. But if you roll up the rim and it says, win Gagnon $10,000, and then you take it to Tim Hortons and they say, sorry, man, it was a glitch, you're screwed. That's no just. Way. That needs what? to go. That death needs to row. be litigated. That, I, I, Life or death that row. Is a con- it, that is a binding contract between Tim Hortons and those people. They deserve to be paid. Call you're, a lawyer, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you just, and, and your you lawyer is not going to beat chin. the team of lawyers that Tim Hortons can afford. Is that, yes. Is that not row. a binding thing? Be the voice thing? of reason. Yeah. Be the voice this, of this reason. This is going death on death row. row. They're, they're, oh. <laughs> yeah, they're, not, they're not seeing that money. I'm, That's right. I feel bad. I do too, but it's like, you know what? Something really stupid happened, and the guy that was making the cups was hungover, and he put too many wins on them, and you got to chew on How it. can Sorry. they prove that? How can well, they prove all on your that someone now, messed this? It? It's all on your phone? It's not on the actual cup? It's on the app. It's on the Tim Hortons app, is it not? I don't know. I think think nowadays, I think when COVID happened, there's some kind of barcode on the cup and you get it on your phone. Regardless, if they say it was a glitch and it's an error and you're not winning, Mm -hmm. you're not winning. So just let it go. Don't get a lawyer because you're getting nothing out of it. Maybe you might get $100 instead of $50. Wow. But it's just a bad break. Whatever that $10,000 that may or may not go to the recipient. I don't think that will cover Fred Van Vliet's fine after what he said last mm-hmm. night. I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, I love it. I actually yeah. love it, and I think it's worth every cent. I had a pretty good relationship with the refs, and Billy McCreary might get mad at me for saying this, but you know what? If everyone else gets to go on a podcast or go on TV and rant and rave like all of us do, maybe the refs deserve a little bit sometimes as well. And if they are being heroes... Like Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes have po- pointed out the last couple of days, maybe it needs to be brought to people's attention so they can chew on it. It's probably going to cost Fred about a hundred grand, but <laughs> well worth the money. I don't, I don't have a problem with it because that's kind of the way you have to keep referees accountable. They don't, they don't talk to the media. You never hear from them afterwards. Yes, they have internal reviews and their supervisors watching them, but when stuff gets out of hand the way that it does, and it did. 
It's like it's okay for a player to kind of voice their opinion where I don't like it, oh, is if some guy thinks he's going to go to some minor hockey arena and start yelling at the 15-year-old ref who just needs a part-time job. There's a difference between professionals when there's a lot of money on the line and there's jobs on the line and recreational athletes. And as people the guy yelling at the that, ref, Frank, the guy yelling at the 15-year-old ref should be never allowed in Exactly. He's a loser. Again. So people like to draw the, the comparison and make the comparison between the two. What Fred Van Vliet is doing comes from a place of there's well, let, a lot on the line here. Let's hear it. Just because people might be driving around. They didn't hear it last night. On I don't want Center. any bleeping out. I want the full thing. <laughs> Hey, JP, this is all on you. Always going to be very upset if you didn't bleep this out. Uh, so this is what Fred Van Vliet got the technical last night. Uh, had to say about, uh, well, a certain official, but officiating in general. And remember what happened against the Denver Nuggets and Scotty Barnes got tossed from that game as well. So it's been a tough sledding for the Raptors when it comes to officials lately. And here's Fred Van Vliet, one of the veterans on the team, who has made his money. And he had, what he had to say about the officials last night. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was <laughs> terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just <laughs> the game up. You know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple, couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a <laughs> tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. It's very fair. I think it's a. Like he even said he goes. Most of the refs are trying, but this guy stinks. It's a very fair comment. I have and no what problem it might with do, it. I don't know if I agree with your comment, Frankie. Where it's going to hold the refs accountable. What it might do is get somebody from the league look into all the texts that Fred has, and the guy that's who who is the ref that he mentioned? Rick Taylor. No, well, Ben Taylor, but Rick Taylor. Maybe Rick Taylor's up to no good, so you got to investigate. Right. So stuff now, like that. by by Fred speaking up, the league will look into it, thus holding Rick Taylor accountable potentially. There you go. Wow. Death row. Okay. <laughs> I, I I would I would love to believe you, just like I would love to believe that the recipient at Tim Hortons, the customer at Tim Hortons, is going to get their ten thousand dollars. I have a hard time believing it because they often side with the officials. The officials have a way of calling games. We all know what the superstar treatment is and what certain teams are going to get. I, I, I have a hard time believing that much will change. I did find it interesting that Marcus Smart backed up what Fred Van Vliet said today and also said, because they were asking about him and, and the, the fouls that he's being called, and he said, I'm going to let Fred talk. Because Fred's the one that got to talk, and he's yeah. the one that's going to get fined, and so I'm not going to get fined. Let but, Fred cook. But I, but I also believe in what Fred Van Vliet is saying. So there's obviously truth there, but I, I don't see like I, I, anyone getting their job assignment changed. Uh, we've complained about Scott Foster before. We've complained about others. Death Row might be just a guy that it might be just a little, you know, buzzing the tower of that ref saying, 
you got to be better. Like like I said, everyone is held to a standard in big league sports that they got to be better. And I, I agree. if you're that guy, like, in, and you're just going out there and you got to beef with certain players and you're intentionally screwing them, it's got to yeah. be put to a stop. You got to put the emotions away. Like that, the guy who teed up uh, with Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Like that was that was Scott an, Foster. That was, yeah, Scott Foster. That was very emotional. He got he let the emotions get the best of him. You're an impartial, unbiased participant in the game. You can't let emotions get the best of you, regardless of what you think Scotty might have said under his breath or what he mumbled or anything like that. You can't get emotional. How important is it? Like you guys going into games, knowing the officiating crew and knowing what relationship that you have with them. And it's that- very simple, Death Row. There's some guys, like, the refs were a lot more old school back in the day. You can tell a ref to F off, <laughs> and they will say F off back. But there's other guys that you know. If you say that, you're going to get an, an extra two, maybe yeah. a ten. So you got to know the landscape, and you got to know who's kind of into that and who's not. And Frank would know better than I because he played more recently, but I don't think that that flies nowadays. No, that NHL. also doesn't fly, too. Like, I think I was... One of those kids in junior hockey that was maybe a little too fired up at times. And when I turned pro, that didn't fly with the referees that had been around for 15 years. And luckily for me, there were some good veterans around me who taught me that and told me that there's a certain way, especially as a young guy, that you talk to referees. But um, they, they don't have a leash for that kind of stuff, man. They really don't. There was one guy, and I'm sure you know him, Koharski in the minors. And I would do this thing with Koharski, especially when I was a little bit older. I'd tell him before the game, Koho, I talked to all the young guys today. You're not going to get a peep. I promise you. And just, you know, it would kind of like loosen things up a little bit because he was ready to tee up anyone who said anything after a penalty. Yeah, is that Don Koharski you're talking about? (sighs) Is it Don Koharski or Terry? I can't remember which one. There's a Don Koharski was in the NHL for years. So there was the guy in the American League, Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just recently retired. Yes. But just a little something like that before the game. And there's some refs that you just look at their face and you're like, I can't stand this guy. And I don't even want to be friendly. But at the end of the day, it's just you wonder this question. And fans and media have had to ask this forever and ever, Death Row. What's the sense of complaining about a ref's call? Because I've never seen a ref say, you know what? That guy's right. That was a bad call. I'm going to change right. it and say, no, it, 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 you're wasting so much energy. But it's just nature of sports to hate the ref and complain about the ref. You are. And then the other thing that comes up from time to time is like, this, this happens with hockey. I see it all the time. Guy got hurt. There was no penalty called on the play. Ref missed it. And there's a lot of complaining, as there should be. But if there was a two-minute minor called, it's not going to avenge the player who was hurt. Like, the guy is still hurt. It sucks. It's unfortunate it happened. But it's a missed call. Like, the guy going to the box for two minutes is not bringing back a player that's going to be out for four to six weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Yeah. And shout out to Terry Koharski. Terry, that's who it is. Just retired a month ago. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Um, But how much is this a message to the officials or how much is this being a leader on this team and remember the Masai Ujiri comments that there's a lot of selfish players on the team I'm not saying he's talking about Fred Van Vliet or not 
but he's sticking up for his guys in this moment. Like how 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 much weight does that carry in the room when he makes that? Obviously, he's going to get fined. He's a veteran; he can afford it, as opposed to say a rookie on the team. But th- does this mean a little bit more for the no. Raptors as a, as no. a group let's going down the stretch? Too, let's no. not put no? too much stake into this. You know what this is? This is a middle of the pack team problem. You don't ever see a dynasty or the Golden State Warriors or the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron having this issue. This is a team middling and fighting for position in the standings problem because they're frustrated, they're pissed off, and they're, they're actually playing the blame game a little bit, regardless of what we just discussed about the refereeing and how much I don't have a problem with Fred Van Vliet. It's kind of a bad team type of thing to happen. Well, you know what a, I mean? It's a team that thinks they... Are, they should be better than they are for whatever reason. They haven't shot the ball well. They haven't exactly. played well defensively. Self-inflated now, version of themselves and, and exactly. things aren't working out and, and they're taking it out on the ref. Yeah, and they had higher expectations coming into this season. They haven't been able to live up to that. There's been a lot of crit- criticism for a lot of players, whether it's starters or bench players this year. And now you add that up to the fact that you go two games in a row where you get subpar officiating and it may be targeted and there's a little bit of a history it's like you you get that's what you get but i don't have an issue with fred and the way he said it the delivery of it i think that's all fine but that's not like this shouldn't be some galvanizing thing for this group there's a it's a frustrated group that thinks they should be higher in the standings yeah i i I agree this is a team that in the past has won games like we saw against Denver and one against the Clippers where you're the better team in the third and fourth quarter and, and that's just a trend of you know, as as O put it, like a mediocre team that isn't gonna get not just calls but not gonna get buckets in, in a timely fashion. So uh, the Raptors continue their road trip. Uh, they lose to the Clippers last night. Josh Lundberg's going to join us during the 6 o'clock hour. A uh, lot to talk about in the NBA. Kevin Durant might be out for the regular season. Man, that's I can't stay healthy, man. And the like home debut with Phoenix. A lot of excitement. Goes down in warm-ups. Uh, he, we're showing it right now on uh, TSN, I'd say. I'm not sure we're up on TSN 2 yet, but uh, like... It's so weird. It looked like it just looks like he slips on the court. It's like a section of ice on the floor. I don't know. <laughs> Someone forgot the guys to put the salt at that down. Point, like, what was the major injury in Golden State? The Achilles. It was, yeah. it was Achilles in Toronto. Yeah, yeah it happened and, in Toronto. Well, that was the second time, wasn't it? Like, it happened. It, the original injury, and then he tried to come back. He in came Toronto. back too early because it was the finals, and that was it. Was curtains for him. And I think when you get to that point, he, he's been a stud since his younger days, and you got that many miles on you, you wonder if that guy could ever be healthy again. Well, that's that's the thing. Once you start compounding these major ones year after year, big time trouble. you man. got an expiration date. And he still, like, can't take away the fact that he's still got game and he can put it together for short bursts, but you're talking 82 games and playoffs. I don't like those chances, especially at that age. Doesn't well, matter Phoenix what age. He's got to be thinking, I, we, like, just come back and give us one playoff run and try to get us a championship. That would be worth it for them, though. That's like, right. It, that, and we that, really don't care what happens after that. That's it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the reality of being an athlete and especially a, a high end athlete. You are essentially a little bit like a piece of meat. It's like, just, dude, just show up, do what you need to do, and. We'll figure the rest out. We'll find a way to dispose of you when we're done. Well, and this was so much of the talk when he was coming out of college. And and give him a ton of credit for having the career that he has. He's a Hall of Famer. Yep. He's won NBA titles, MVPs. He's one of the best offensive players that we have ever seen. And, you know, things are maybe starting to catch up, as, as you point out. But 
uh, people are making the, you know, it's kind of like Zion. It's not like Zion no, because Zion like hasn't Zion. had a career yet. Exactly. But and this this situation for for Durant, this would have been his biggest one. Like this would have been the championship championship he wins without Curry, without Draymond, without Clay. Okay, yeah. Right. Like this this is the one that kind of not and, puts and he him can still on the do map. It. Like he, he's not. Yeah. Uh, again. There, there are there's fears that he's going to miss the regular season. That's not official. And even at that, you know, you think you're ready for the playoffs, and this team should be able to get through, you know, a, a round with Durant at I don't know seventy percent. What are the likelihood of it though? He's just coming off of I think knee problems. Like that was his second or third game back from a knee injury right. or something. Yeah, so yeah. it's like the likelihood of this guy being healthy. It, it, it doesn't seem great to me. Not in the long term, no. But like you said, they just need a little bit of a short burst at some point push through the playoffs, and maybe they manage the load of Kevin Durant. See, like that's a situation where a guy is actually hurt, like he actually has ailments, and you need to try and find a way to maximize this investment because you did make a, a large investment in this player, so now you can try and find ways to work through it. That's where it makes sense. Healthy guys, guys who just aren't playing just because they don't want to play back-to-backs, that's garbage. But this one seems like a real situation where there's higher stakes and you can find a way to get the most out of the guy yeah great opportunity in that western conference if you're the signs or, or anyone it's in the uh in contention and uh, two teams that are in contention that we'll get into the warriors and the grizzlies and what's going on between dylan brooks and draymond green and the kind of war words there going back and forth and I want to get your your thoughts on that um lots going on players championship Oh, I assume that you've been watching a little bit of golf uh, today? Yeah, there were some guys this morning that were just torching that course. Like, just to see the numbers and the way they're playing the golf course is incredible. It's, I found it to be so difficult, and it's like they just chew it up. These guys are so good right now. I don't know if there's anything anyone could do at a golf course. For instance, the ninth hole, they added, I think, 25 yards to it. They didn't want guys getting home in two. They're smashing it yeah. on the thing. Oh, yeah. And it's just like there's nothing you can do now. It's like add 30 yards to it, they just find 30 yards. It doesn't matter. They're well, so good. And I guess the hope with adding 25, 30 yards is the fact that – I ne- oh, I'll be honest. I never got a real appreciation for just how tight that golf course is. And the fact that they're trying to add yardage, they think guys are going to spray it a little bit. It doesn't seem like that's the case. Like guys are bombing the ball, and the only chance they're going to have is if they really firm it up. Because guys are torching that course right now. How about our pal Taylor Pendrith today? Yeah, five under. Nice That's a serious round, and that guy smashes the ball. Mm-hmm. He's excellent off the tee. Yeah. Adam Svensson tied for fourth right now, so a couple of Canadians in the top five. Uh, your boy, oh Chad Ramy, in the lead. Never heard of him. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to say you've seen this guy up and coming on the Corn Ferry and you've known no. him for a while. He won in Punta Cana. Chad, Chad Ramey? Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of that guy. Wow. I know he's a tailor-made guy, but I have never really... I think I've seen his name here and there, but I don't know. But the one thing about this golf course is you come Sunday, you're going to see all the best players on that leaderboard. You think the this Ramey, is... The Rameys, etc., they fall off on Sunday. Is this not one of those tournaments where it's not necessarily a favorite that wins? It's like a, an underdog, kind of someone who's out of the blue that wins this tournament, generally speaking. I know Augusta, it's like every year on Sunday, it's the big dogs hanging around. They're sniffing around. This, this is one is, of those ones. This is hit or miss. You get your Fred Funks and Craig Perks and Stephen Ames. Ames. Your, your Webb Simpsons. 
and Webb Simpsons, and then the other ones, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods. So it's it's a little bit of everything. It doesn't. There's not one specific type of guy the way they play that wins this golf tournament. It seems right. like it's something different every year. Do you yeah. guys see uh, Min Woo Lee? cramp up he did he was cramping up out there you guys have any experience cramping up on the golf course not on the golf course no no. (laughs) there's been rounds where i should have been cramping up because (laughs) i had seven million beers the night before but i have never cramped up on the ice on the golf course anywhere I don't know. You're a professional I'm cramp athlete. Proof. I'm cramp proof. I actually find I cramp up more now that I'm retired and I'm not working out on a regular basis than I did when I played. I don't know if that's a good thing. I feel like it's well, all makes, downhill from here now. Yes, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. now that you're a broadcaster, good luck. A lot of now. sitting. There's a lot of sitting involved. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so we'll have more on the players uh, throughout the show. Coming up, uh, we have our hockey insider, Pierre Lebrun, in the 5 o'clock hour. Dave Pullen's going to join us at 6.05. Also at 4.40, a TFC will have their home opener this weekend in what appears like it's going to be frigid temperatures. So how does their new goalkeeper, Sean Johnson, feel about that? He's coming off a stellar performance against Atlanta. So he's going to join us a little bit later in the hours. Overdrive continues on TSN 1050 and the TSN app. Oh, you should ask your buddy Hazer, Kevin Hastings, about this story one day. Obviously, one of the best linesmen in the American Hockey League, OHL. Hall of Fame ref, we'll call him. Hall of Fame. First ballot Hall of Famer. We had a playoff game once in the OHL. And something happened where he might have missed an icing call or our coach, Steve Spot, for sure thought he missed an icing call. And he was going at it with Hastings. And finally, Spotter looks at him. He goes, Hasty, don't bring your skates to get sharpened anymore. <laughs> that, that, that was the threat. <laughs> don't, don't bring your skates to the dressing room to get sharpened anymore. And the whole wow, bench just it. started laughing. What like, I can't believe you were playing for Kitchener at that time. Yeah, I we were playing against Guelph. I'm gonna have to ask Spotter if that if that is ask Spotter if that's true. He banned him from getting his wheels sharpened in our dressing room in Kitchener. You went up a couple. And the Spotter imitation voice is horrible. I don't. I can't see Spotter sounding like that. But I am gonna ask him if the threat to never be getting your skate sharpened to Hasty. (laughs) Who's in the Hockey Hall of Fame for refereeing? Yeah. That's that's quite a threat. Yeah, don't wow. bring those skates anymore. Wow. And by the way, thanks to Fauci from the bridge for the information on the group text regarding the Tim Hortons. His response was, it should be in the fine print. What <laughs> what does that mean? Does it mean they're going to get money? They're not going to get money? D- Fauci from the bridge, please explain. <laughs> All it says is, it will be in the fine print. I actually thought about it more during the break. I, I think you're wrong, man. Like, if they messed up and said this guy gets 10 Gs, they, like, they messed up. What are you going to do? Give the guy their, give them their money. Death row, <laughs> can you talk to this guy, please? I understand if you open the cup and it says you get 10 grand, but it, it's a glitch. It's something wrong. It's just one of those things. Tim Hortons is a great company. Everybody at TSN loves Tim Hortons. We love they're Tim Hortons. Purpo- now, they're not purposely trying to jam people up it's a mistake and you just got to say you know what but it, i think people might be rubbed the wrong way where it's like a 50 dollar gift card as a replacement yeah. i want free i want a free bagel and cream cheese for a year 
It might okay. be. It might be a lease for uh, a VW or something. Is that the other? Uh, I've buzz? just realized, like I've thrown out a lot of cups recently, and I haven't checked them. I'm wondering if I left ten thousand dollars on the table. Uh, you gotta go through the app, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You gotta. It's twenty twenty three. Yeah. Got Got to get modern. Yeah. I'm not modern yet. You and your cups. Yeah. Uh, speaking of modern. Uh, one of the year's best segments is coming up. Uh, we have Life or Death Row. And we have a lot of nominations for topics coming up on Twitter or coming on Twitter. A lot of Matt Murray questions. Uh, wow. Yeah. What, type of, what type of Matt Murray? Talk? Matt Murray will play a single playoff game. Matt Murray will be your game one starter. A lot of stuff like that. Yeah, that one's been going around. You can tell the Leafs haven't been no playing shot. for a few days when all we've been talking about is who's going to start game one of the playoffs, Murray or Samsonov? Right. Dude, we'll get to I'm it. I'm telling you guys, my buddy, I love him very dearly. His name's Spiro. Okay? He is heavily involved in the underworld of Leafs chats online. Like, mm. there is groups of people, man. It's a scary world. <laughs> like, like a I, dark dungeon? <laughs> it is. It's like a, it's, it's like a dark web of, of Leaf chats where people get going on there. And I, like, please, someone, like, confirm these reports because it's one of those things where every time I go over to his house and we have a coffee and sit in his backyard, he'll be like... On that Leaf group chat I'm in, it's like somebody said that they might be trading for Sidney Crosby, and I'm just—I look at him and I'm like, "What group chat? Like, what is this chat? Like, I just don't you, see it happening." Yeah, is there like social media, like Facebook rooms, or I don't understand? I think it these. happens on like WhatsApp or Telegram, those, Reddit. Those, yeah, Reddit. Yeah, like I think he's involved with strangers in in these types of chats where it's like. You know, hearing this and like these goons in their basement are trying to be insiders <laughs> Who are they and provide from, info though? and hot takes. I, I could never partake in something like no, that. No, you can't partake. But I'm pretty in that. sure we saw Colangelo when, when he was with the Sixers get involved in some um, fake accounts and burner accounts. There is probably people, higher up people at media level with teams that get engaged in this type of That would nonsense. be crazy, man. It's so easy to, to track. That's what I'm worried about What I don't understand now. is how do you even get involved? Like, do you Google, like, leaf chats or... I bet it turns into one of those things where something comes across your page and you think you're just going to look at it at first. And then you find yourself going back to it every single day because you're obsessed with the new content that's coming out. And then next thing you know, you're engaging with it. And you made a burner... And away you know you what? Go. It's it happens on Twitter a lot too. Like there could be a tweet from an insider, and then one person comments, and then there is a thread. Like you can go down a dark thread of the responses with people's hot takes and whether it's going to work or not, and this and that. It's crazy stuff. And people, you don't know who's on the other end of that. You see some no. some account. Well, first of all, you just see what's written. You see the text of what's written, and you think, wait, I don't agree with that. And you get a little bit of outrage, and then you you don't even check to see like. Who's writing that? It could be some guy with no followers, and, and he's got, like, a who knows for a picture. Could be anything. A lot of Russian bots out there. A lot of, lot of Sudbury bots as well. Do you think well. the Russian bots are working Leafs Twitter to influence things? <laughs> for sure. Yeah? No. 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 You don't think so? <laughs> no. I, you know, Joe from the bridge, I guarantee you he's involved with some of them. Woodbridge bots? Woodbridge bots. W whatever. It's just crazy talk. Yeah. I, I can't imagine being associated with that. With people with zero knowledge of what the hell's going on with the Leafs or with the NHL or any of it, having these 
these crazy comments. Do you get texts? Do you get texts from people just with random things about the Leafs? It's just you haven't talked to someone in a long time, and it's like, hey, I think the Leafs should do this and that. What do you think? Tons. Tons. Oh. If it if it comes out that Patrick Kane is probably going to move from Chicago, my phone will light up like a Christmas tree yeah. of the Leafs getting Patty Kane. <laughs> and I'm just like... I don't have enough time in my day to know that or to find out. It's not my job. Yeah. I'm not an insider. Also, I, I get this one from time to time. What are you hearing on this? <laughs> I'm not hearing anything, man. If you want to ask me how someone played last night, I'll tell you. But I'm not hearing anything. Yeah. If I get a call and somebody asks me about a player, I'll give full information. And I'm not reporting that I've spoken to anybody. Yeah. But it's just, what do you think about this guy? And you give your two cents, but I'm not going on Twitter saying I'm hearing so and so is interesting. I just no. can't do it. Well, I don't also, have time quick, for that. Also, quick quick update before we go to break here. At some point, I uh, I asked about the alumni jacket. Oh, yeah, we've got we've got movement on the alumni jacket front. They have some in stock. They're getting patched up. Now it's time to get the correct size. So we're moving and shaking in the right direction. Shout out, Drew Rogers. Yes. Did they ask you about a games played minimum for the jacket? There was no games played minimum required. Yeah. So who? What was the games played for yourself? Not that I had an incredible amount. No, I I can't believe you're going to make me say this. I will tell you this. I spent parts of seven seasons in the NHL, and I will say I will leave it at that. Parts of seven seasons. Good you, enough for me, you, and good enough for Death Row. Yes, you love the little bio that is next to you when you're on the panel. Yeah, parts of Seven it's, Seasons. It's beautiful. <laughs> that goes on your bio on TV? For the uh, CHL. It's, but we have a little bio when we go do the panel. It says Sudbury Kitchener, X many OHL points. Seven year. Parts of Seven Seasons in the NHL. Dude, I would, I would be very upset. <laughs> I, I would actually tell the guy making the graphics, say, you say 800-game veteran in the NHL. And <laughs> no. if somebody looks it up and it finds out it's wrong, then I'll I, deal with it. I, I have to admit, it says seven seasons in NHL. I, I add the parts of segment just or, for... Okay. In, okay. in yeah. Norris Conversations. Yeah. It could mean anything. It could any Norris. Someone Josh could Norris. Say, yeah, Josh, Josh Norris, Norris and, and Frankie Corrado were on the ice together. Boom. We were. We played and, together. And Norris conversation. We were, we were in conversation. Right <laughs> um, we'll be in conversation with TFC goalkeeper Sean Johnson after the break as the Reds return to BMO Field this weekend to kick off their home campaign. So looking forward to catch up with Sean as Overdrive continues on TSN 950 and the TSN app. We're now up on TSN2, so welcoming in that audience. Mark Rowe in for Brian Hayes alongside Frankie Corrado. And the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, will be joined by Sean Johnson, TFC goalkeeper, in just a moment. Uh, the home opener, Saturday night at BMO Field against Columbus, where it will be minus 7 at oh night. Oh, my goodness. We'll feel like minus 3 during the day. The nighttime temperature, minus 7. I don't know if that's like don't they, 11 o'clock game... at night. Why not a two in the afternoon game? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that a kind of a smart play, or do they want it under the lights, or why would you ever do that? Also, wouldn't that'll you be my play? first question? Don't yeah. you go to somebody and say, "Let's change the game"? Well, <laughs> I don't know if he has that power, but also, wouldn't you want to play a few more games on the road somewhere sunny right now? It's well, I think you gotta here. you gotta balance it out, and I don't think uh, 
you know, those warm cities want all their home games at the beginning of the year. Bring right. him in, Defro. Uh, I, I want to ask the all first right. question. Let's, okay, let's welcome into the show Sean Johnson, TFC goalkeeper in his first season. Great to have you in the city playing for the Reds. And my colleague Jeff O'Neill wants the floor. Sean, can't you guys go to, like, ownership or the GM and say, maybe let's play an afternoon game instead of minus seven at nighttime? <laughs> no, man, it's going to be it's gonna be exciting either way. I think we're just looking forward to being at home, you know? I think, you know, the, the excitement, um, the, weather, the weather's a part of it, but kind of uh, makes the atmosphere that much better at BMO. So what's your secret? Like, you've played in New York, you've played in Chicago. I know you're originally from Georgia. Do you have some secrets to staying warm in net when you could go 20, 30 minutes without seeing a whole lot of action? Yeah, I think it's just it's something you, you kind of get used to over the years. And you know, obviously now it's a, a pretty cold time of the year. But again, like you mentioned, New York, Chicago, some, some pretty chilly places at times as well. So, um, yeah, you do what you can to stay warm. But I think when the adrenaline's flowing and, and you're, uh, when the whistle blows, I mean, the, the cold is one of the last things you think about. Sean, how much did the uh, food at Soto Soto and the little recruit pitch from Drizzy Drake have to do with you coming to play for the TFC? Yeah, man, the, the food, is in, food is incredible. Uh, the vibes are immaculate there. Um, but, you know, ultimately, for me, you know, the most important thing uh, coming here was just the, the family atmosphere, obviously being you know, wanted seeing seeing the big picture and, and having the pieces in place to win now. So, you know, all, all things considered, um, you know, it was, it was a great trip. But beyond that, um, you know, the the club has just such a uh, an amazing history, and just to be a part of that and be able to uh, be a part of a group that has the ability to to add to that, um, I think is is where I was with my decision. So definitely, definitely happy with the decision I made. So, Sean, the club breaks a losing streak that goes back to last season, which I know you weren't a part of, and, and you earn a, a well-earned point in Atlanta. And I emphasize earned on, on your behalf. You know, as um, you know, as, as a place where we've seen goaltenders in hockey stand on their head. You know, you don't always see it in soccer, but I think in your case, you you describe what it's like, kind of being in the zone like you were last week and against a really good opponent. Yeah, I think, you know, Atlanta's a really tough place to play. Uh, you think about teams that have gone down there and gotten a positive result. Um, you know, for us, you know, it's just important to, you know, put our best foot forward, um, you know, especially coming into a weekend where we know we'd be, we'd be at BMO Field. So, um, yeah, just do what I, I could to, uh, to keep the team in the game. But, but ultimately, you know, it, the, the things that go unseen, you know, the, the guys ran so hard for, for 90 minutes. Um, you talk about defending well, um, just being, um, you know, making sure that we're doing all the things necessary to, to grind out a point. Um, you know, it's, it's all hands on deck, not just not just me, but i gotta got to do what I can for the group, so I was, was happy to do that on the day. Sean, you were the captain in New York, and if you look at this TFC roster, there's some pretty uh, veteran kind of seasoned players on this roster. What do you think of the leadership group here in Toronto, and how are you going to fit in well with them? Yeah, I think, you know, already already fitting in. Uh, we had preseason together. We've had uh, quite a handful of games combined with preseason now the regular season. So just getting better every day. Um, but we all bring something different unique to the group. I think the dynamic um, with the guys is really good. Um, you know, the, the atmosphere, the culture in the locker room is, is great. So uh, looking to continue building on that. But, you know, 
ultimately, I think we, like you said, we have a lot of guys with experience that have, that have won a lot of things um, and had success and understand uh, what it means uh, to step out in the field every day and represent this club. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's exciting times. Um, definitely, definitely glad to be able to do that with this group of guys. Sean Johnson, TFC goalkeeper, joining us on Overdrive and a lot of excitement around this club uh, with uh, some additions last year. Uh, how good's your Italian? First off, my Italian is if it if you know equates to my 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 Spanish, it might be okay, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm slowly slowly getting better and better uh, understanding first because um, it's, it's a little similar to Spanish. But speaking it, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on me. Okay. <laughs> All right, how much did like the acquisition of an Insigne and Bernardeschi? kind of factor into you looking at this club and thinking not only do I want to join it and it makes sense on a personal level, but I really do believe that this team can do something and make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, obviously those those guys are super, super talented players that have, you know, done you know, done a lot in their careers on a on such a big stage and, you know, since coming in they've been they've been fantastic with the group. You know, a uh, big part of that, you know, Michael Bradley, obviously being the captain, he's been he's been terrific as well. Um, you know, his, his Italian and being able to to bring it all together um, is you know super super unique and obviously great great person, um, but great player as well. So yeah, we have we have pieces all over the pitch, man, that are their quality and uh, everybody does their part. Um, and I think it's uh, it, it really is like a family, you know, um, figuring things out. Growing together, and ultimately, um, when you look back on it, you want to you want to choose something special. Well, the city and the supporters are excited to have you uh, with the club, and and you'd mentioned your excitement about the home opener. Uh, what was it like playing at BMO Field uh, as an opponent in front of a raucous crowd? And and you know how exciting is it to be now wearing, you know, uh, uh, the the right jersey for this city and to be uh, to be supported by this group. Yeah, I tell you what, it's it's definitely great to be on the other side now. I've been, been heckled for so many years. <laughs> uh, yeah, met uh, met met a lot of the supporters, um, you know, this this uh, this season at, at an event, and uh, you know, there's, there's a funny story guy. You know, it's been with the microphone for quite a bit, and uh, saw his face, recognized him immediately, and. You know, it was just kind of that awkward moment of I know you've been yelling at me for years, but now I think you can. You know, it's a, di- a little different now when I when I hear you scream my name in the, uh, in, the in the megaphone. So, um, but now man, I'm excited. Um, there's an excitement with, with the fan base, obviously, and uh, just doing our part to continue pushing that forward as players. And we're all super excited to get out there and uh, yeah, get to it, man. It's it's definitely a start of something special and my first home game. Um, something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. So you, you talked about the groove at Soto Soto. How many times when I was a pro athlete, I it was like fine dining every night, never cooked at home. How many times a week are you hitting up that spot? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we've, we've been so busy just getting getting things right. And, uh, you know, um, I haven't, haven't had too much time to, to explore, um, you know, eating out and things like that. So um, as, as I get settled and, um, as the year continues, I'm sure I'll, I'll find my way back to Soto. Soto, the food is incredible, man. Um, but uh, so many, so many good places to eat in the city, and that's one thing about um, you know also the decision to play here. But the the culture around um, you know dining, um, you know, just 
you know, in terms of uh, what you can find in terms of diversity in the cities. There's so many, so many different options for whatever you're, you're thinking about doing. If it's coffee, if it's, you know, just having a walk, a stroll in a different area, it's, uh, it's Toronto's got it all, man. So excited to really, really dive in and, and uh, check it out this year. Well, hitting up Yorkville after a win on a Saturday night sounds like a pretty good plan. So hopefully that's uh, that's on tap for you this weekend. Sean, uh, good luck, not just against Columbus on Saturday, but with the entire season. And we really appreciate you taking some time to join us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. There you have it. Uh, Sean Johnson, TFC goalkeeper, who is a big fan of being a part of TFC, big fan of Soto Soto. He knows where to eat. Knows where to eat. Ran into Drake. Drake gave him a little bit of a recruit, apparently. That was uh, one of the things he liked about. You brought up uh, going to some very nice restaurants as a player. There's always this idea that you roll in and like it's on the house, like you know the Maple Leaf who scores the hat trick doesn't have to pay for a meal in the city. Like, did that ever ever happen for you, or maybe you're rolling in with Matt's? No, that little that little saying that people have, where it's like he'll never pay for a meal in that city. I don't know. I've never met one person that that's happened to. I used to hang out with Matt Sundin all the time, and we paid like everybody else does. <laughs> a lot. We paid a lot. But the like, owner of the restaurant's like, we were... like, yes, rich people. Yeah, come no on kidding. in. No kidding. And it's not like we were going to restaurants, and they were like, yeah, you guys get half off. You play <laughs> no, it's, it's more it like doesn't you work guys, that guys way. got an espresso for you after the meal, right after yeah, you paid that's full That's $27. Of it. You know, the, the espresso is $27. Dude. Oh, yeah, they got you for the espresso. It's just, there's yeah, no, it's, it's just not real life, that no. nonsense that people would hear in the past. Also, too, like, wouldn't, life. like, you make a lot of money when you're playing professional sports. Wouldn't you feel kind of weird if you just didn't pay for stuff like that? Like, people, that comes out Frank, of their bottom don't line. Watch yourself, because I hear horror stories about... Maple Leafs and pro athletes calling up golf courses, and it's like, you know, I play for the Leafs. Can I get out there? I want want to pay. It's like pay like everyone else. It's ridiculous. If you want to go play a course, you can pay. My goodness. No kidding, but that's the stories I hear. They're like, yeah, a bunch of guys called up, and they were just dying to play golf. They didn't want to pay, but they wanted to play golf. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Got to pay. We don't like that. No, no, no. Men of the people here. (laughs) Men of the people, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Overdrive has a pair of tickets to see the Leafs take on the Hurricanes on March 17th. Every day this week, we are providing the clue to the identity of a current or ex-Maple Leaf player. And on Friday, you'll have a chance to call in and name that Leaf. Be the first to answer correctly, and you and a friend will be headed to the game. Today's clue, this former Maple Leaf had two different stints on the Maple Leafs. All right. Two different stints. Speaking of two different stints... Did Hazy B do two stints at a simulator recently and post about it today and not show up to work, O-Dog? I'm not sure about that. Uh-oh. I doubt he would do something like that. There were, I doubt it. There were some videos circulating no, on wasn't. Instagram. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Well, he went to a simulator today. He was at a simulator, simulator today. Well, maybe he hurt his back. <laughs> <laughs> Because he usually, would never mail in a show. Usually you'd be all over this. I, I told Death Row before we came on the air today, I'll bet you anything for the first 10 minutes, O is going to be ripping into Hazy B because he was at the simulator with Caldwell and he didn't, he didn't come in today. Well, I don't know where he's at, but I know he wouldn't mail it in. By the way, isn't it Dr. Hayes now? Is that It is. It is. It is. We have to give the man the respect that he deserves. He went exactly. to medical school. Exactly. <laughs> right? 
ran a casino there as well, I heard. Yeah. You never... <laughs> uh, that was the, uh, the segment from yesterday. And segment today, life or death row. Yeah. Taddy's talking about trademarking WebHazyB. No, he's not. Yeah, he's talking about it. Why? That's O's idea. Yeah, but if it's not trademarked yet, Taddy's going to get on it. I don't <laughs> think the tap man will ever do that. <laughs> A lot of silence over there. Yeah. For Bo. No, he won't do it. He knows not to cross O. He wouldn't cross over life or death row. No Because that for sure is the brainchild of Jeff. We have, a lot, we have a lot coming in on that. I saw some Matthew Nye's chatter. There's some Matt Murray. There's some Yusei Kikuchi chatter involved in that that we might get to. He's on fire Can't right now. Can't wait. He He's is bearded. on fire. What yeah. a turnaround. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's still to come, Pierre Lebrun at 5.05, uh, Dave Pullen at 6.05. Uh, big game tonight between the Bruins and the Oilers. I know you have high expectations of that one, so much so that you're in the building tonight to break it all down. going to do a little SC, some hits afterwards, but I am excited for that game. It's the best team. It's the player who's having the best season. And like I, I want to see what Dreisaitl and McDavid can do against this Boston team. Just because of like this Boston team is so complete, their goaltending is so good, they're such a deep team. But on any given night, those two guys can win you a game just by themselves. It'll be it'll be good. It's it's one of those ones where you kind of circle it when you see the schedule. I don't know. Like everyone talks about, is benchmark game or statement game a real thing? But when you play the Bruins this year, I think you kind of get an idea of where you stack up. Sure, because really they're do. so they're so consistent too. Exactly. You know they're not giving you a bad game. It's you don't roll into Boston and think, "Oh, we caught them on a bad night." No, man, they're good every single night. It's a great mm-hmm. measuring stick for any mm-hmm. team. Yeah, for a team that can win their fiftieth game of the season, and we're not even at St. Patrick's Day yet. Oh, they're going to blow by that. What is it, sixty-two for single season wins? They're going to beat that, the Bruins. You think so? Yes. They got to keep it going. Like the, the incentive in those last few weeks is going to be their biggest hurdle. Those guys so. won't want to sit out. That's the way those guys are wired. Like they just want to win every game. Yeah. Well, looking forward to uh, Oilers and Bruins. Looking forward to your breakdown on Sports Center. But first, we have Pierre LeBrun, our hockey insider, to kick off the five o'clock hour. This is Overdrive on TSN 1050 and now up on TSN 2.